A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science, with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. If the year 2020 taught us anything about wrestling, it's that without fans, wrestling is just not very good, really, is it? So it stands to reason that keeping those fans happy is the best course of action. So if and when a wrestling promotion does mess up, it's important to apologise to fans and to make up for it. And, as was proved by AEW Revolution's exploding ring that never was, it can happen to even the best of companies. I am Adam Nicholas, this is What Culture Wrestling, and these are 10 times wrestling companies had to apologise to fans. Number 10, ECW has to cover for Sabu's no-show. At the time of ECW's pay-per-view three-way dance in April 1995, Paul Heyman was on the verge of buying out Todd Gordon to become the sole owner of the land of the extreme. Despite just days prior, Sabu confirming to Heyman that he would definitely be at the pay-per-view, he decided not to turn up and take a bigger payday over in New Japan Pro Wrestling. That, of course, left Paul Heyman in a bit of a predicament because he didn't have one of the guys who was in his main event literally sent that three-way dance around the ECW Tag Team Championships being defended by Dean Malenko and Chris Benoit against Taz and Sabu, Sabu not there, and Public Enemy. So Heyman had to come out before the show started, apologise to fans and promise there would be a surprise replacement to fill that empty main event slot, which would end up being Rick Steiner, and, for good measure, decided to publicly fire Sabu from the company. Number 9, TNA give away their streaming service for free. Now even if, like myself, you are the most casual of an Impact Wrestling fan, you will still know about the events and the current that happened at Victory Road 2011. The main event of TNA World Heavyweight Champion Sting versus Jeff Hardy was the kind of dream match that fans were super excited for. The only problem was Jeff Hardy was absolutely wasted. Calling an audible and obviously realising that Hardy was in no condition to compete, Eric Bischoff ran down to the ring, told both competitors about a new finish that was going to happen to try and counteract that, even though really Hardy shouldn't have been wrestling at all. And of course, the match went down in about like a minute and a half and fans, understandably, called bullshit around the arena and Sting agreed with them because of course he did. It was bullshit. So to apologise for this absolute catastrophe of an evening, TNA Wrestling put together a statement saying anyone who had bought the Victory Road pay-per-view would be entitled to a six-month free pass on TNA's on-demand network, which is good and a nice way to apologise for it, but also it's just not the dream match, is it, that you wanted and real shame this one. Number eight, the NWA responds to Jim Cornette backlash. So here's a few things about Jim Cornette. He is indeed one of the all-time great managers of the wrestling business. He's a historian of the sport and on top of that, whether you love him or hate him, the man is a phenomenal storyteller. But these days, Jim Cornette tends to be known as that man from the internet wrestling community who has a lot of opinions. But I think we can all probably agree and find some middle ground on the fact that being a racist isn't an opinion, 
Well, that's just being a sh human being. Which brings us to his brief period as a commentator on NWA Power in 2019. Now, as a man associated with the letters NWA, Cornette fits the bill perfectly. And it seemed like whatever your opinions may be of him, he was the man for the job. But unfortunately, it didn't take long for Cornette's personality to drop into the commentary. And he made a racist remark during the match between Nick Aldis and Trevor Murdoch, which we obviously won't be repeating here, but that would lead to NWA Power having to issue a statement apologizing to fans for Cornette's comments before removing the episode from YouTube, editing the comments out of that episode and re-uploading it. And eventually it would end up saying Jim Cornette leave the company of his own volition. Although let's be honest, he's probably gonna get sacked anyway. Number seven, a Ring of Honor fans bully Ray Xperia. When it comes to trying to portray yourself to wrestling fans as the most detestable scumbag imaginable, Bully Ray is probably the pinnacle of the industry. I mean, in terms of commitment to a bit and going to insane lengths to infuriate the fans, just look at Heatwave 1999 in ECW, fair enough, the man, that's his brand and he's very good at his brand. Unfortunately, it does come with some setbacks. Bullyway's intense, confrontational and old school attitude followed him across to Ring of Honor. And in 2019, he had a few choice words for a fan who'd been acting a little bit too rowdy and obnoxious towards the trio of Velvet Sky, Angelina Love and Mandy Leone. Now from Bully Ray's perspective, he said he just had a word with the fan. But the fan said he'd been intimidated and berated backstage by the former Aces and Aids leader. Ring of Honor issued a statement saying that under no circumstances should any of our athletes or staff confront or engage fans outside the bounds of this entertainment experience or outside the bounds of the area that hosts this experience. The apology towards the fan and the wider fans of Ring of Honor was there, but this, ugh, not a great look. Number six, Halloween Havoc 1998 causes chaos. Now that is an image of Bill Goldberg pinning Diamond Dallas Page after hitting his patented jackhammer to win the match and the main event of Halloween Havoc 1998. That seems like it makes fairly simple sense, doesn't it? Unfortunately, if you were watching this on the night live, you didn't get to see that match. Now this show had already had its problems in the form of the Ultimate Warrior versus Hulk Hogan in a match that was, in Venice, an absolute steaming pile of sh But somehow the fact that this main event was cut off from the live feed was even worse than that. Literally just as Goldberg and DDP were about to lock up to battle for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship, the feed cut off and fans were left confused and angry, I think it's fair to say, and didn't get any answers until the following night on Monday Night Raw. That show would open up with Tony Schiavone apologizing to WCW fans for the mishap the night before, but promising them that they would get to watch the contest for free on tonight's episode of Nitro. Number five, the McMahons admit that WWE product has been garbage. Now for the last one, two, three, four, I don't think I've got enough fingers to count that, WWE's product has been not very good, I think it's fair to say, with little bright spells here and there and good patches, but mostly it's just been underwritten, poorly delivered, and just not that interesting. And you know the product's bad when the WWE themselves, the McMahons and Triple H, come to the ring to specifically tell fans how bad it is. And this happened on the December 17th edition of Monday Night Raw back in 2018. Stephanie McMahon herself came out and said, we haven't been doing a very good job for you lately and stated that there would finally be changes made and they would finally start listening to the fans and the there, 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 there. It was all bollocks. Despite apologizing for their collective shortcomings and promising fans that they would be in charge of the show now and that they were the authority and also blaming Baron Corbin for all of the mistakes pretty much that had happened over the last however long under their reign, this kind of just disappeared into nothing. So they did apologize for it, which is good, but they did not do anything properly about it, which is very bad. Number four, Tony Khan apologizes 
for social media hype. Now, many people have thrown plenty of shade towards Tony Khan for his tendency to overhype things a little bit, and that's fair enough. Now, yes, before everyone goes guns blazing into the comments section, let's acknowledge the fact that AEW has been an incredible breath of fresh air. Fantastic company who's done amazing things over the last two years, but that does not make them immune to criticism. And unfortunately, this is an area where they need to work on, and that's been proved as recently as AEW Revolution. But you've got to go all the way back to October 2019 for one of the first instances of this. Tony Khan would find himself taken to Twitter to apologise for the actions of his AEW social media team. Just throw them under the bus, I guess, if you have to. Specifically Jeff, by the way, for overhyping an announcement that was coming as being a huge, big deal, when in actual fact it was just AEW announcing that they had new Florida dates for upcoming tapings. That one was obviously met with a big shrug from AEW fans, as it should be, and it's just a lesson to basically learn to manage the expectations of fans. They have also had to issue apologies on multiple occasions for technical issues due to streaming and technical issues during live broadcasts. But at the end of the day, they're a young company, they've got to learn these lessons. So far, they've apologised for them all, but maybe just don't overhype things and you won't have to apologise as much. Hmm. Number three, Bash at the Beach 2000's world title match erased. The 2000 edition of WCW's Bash at the Beach pay-per-view saw one of the most infamous and controversial moments in WCW history, which... Given the history, it's quite impressive. With WCW World Heavyweight Champion Jeff Jarrett set to defend the big gold belt against Hollywood Hulk Hogan, fans were left absolutely shocked and appalled as Jeff Jarrett laid down for Hulk Hogan to get the pin. And of course, never shy to get a W on his record. Hogan, despite some glances around, put his foot on top of Jarrett, got the one, two, three, and became the new champ. After this, Hogan would cut that now famous promo where he basically says, it's bullshit like this, why this company's in the toilet, and then he left, and then Vince Russo came back out, he would do a shoot promo on Hogan, saying that he'd basically used his creative control to get the pin over Jarrett, and that he was a jerk. They try and make amends to the fans and apologize to them for having to be subjected to Hulkster using his creative control, brother. He booked a new main event. He booked a new main event between Booker T and Jeff Jarrett for the real WCW World Heavyweight title. And not content with that, Russo fired Hogan. Now, years and years later, we'd find out that the majority of this was actually already scheduled as a work shoot. Hogan pinning Jarrett, Hogan cutting a promo on Vince Russo and the company, Vince Russo cutting half of the promo on Hulk Hogan. All of that was part of the work shoot. Unfortunately, though, Russo booking that other WCW World Heavyweight title match and then firing Hulk Hogan obviously wasn't part of the plans at all. He'd gone rogue because he was genuinely sick of Hogan's bullshit. And the whole thing resulted in Hogan leaving the company, never setting foot in a WCW ring ever again, and filing a lawsuit against the company. Number two, Raven plunges the ECW arena into silence. As Stevie Richards would put it in WWE's The Rise and Fall of ECW documentary, when you manage to get the ECW crowd to go silent, you know you've overstepped the line far too far. This took place during an ECW show in October 1996, where Raven and the Sandman were locked in their intense rivalry, which had already pushed the boundaries, including the young son and ex-wife of the hardcore icon. But taking things up to an entirely different level, a particular attack on the Sandman, led by Raven, Stevie Richards and Blue Meanie, would end up with him being hoisted up onto a cross that was laced with barbed wire and crucified on TV. It was at this point that the ECW fans fell silent and all of a sudden these lads knew they had made a terrible, terrible mistake. The fans were offended. Todd Gordon and Paul Heyman were both offended and Kurt Angle, who just so happened to be in attendance and was watching, was so offended that he threatened legal action against ECW. After a talking to from Heyman and Gordon backstage, Raven, who had come up with the crucifixion idea, had to go down to the ring and apologise to those who he deeply offended as he would put it, which is fair enough, the man owned up to it, but 
maybe just in the future. No crucifixions, I'll tell you guys, it never ever works. At number one, with a bullet, Mr. McMahon apologizes for the WWE Network. Viewers in the US had access to the network from as early as February 2014, and the UK and Ireland had been set to get the same access in October 2014. That date, however, was knocked back to November 2014. And then in November 2014, on the 3rd of November, when this was supposed to happen, at literally 20 minutes before it was supposed to go live at 8pm in the UK, WWE announced an indefinite delay for British and Irish users to get access to the streaming service. Having already fumbled the launch date and eager to keep their UK and Irish fans on board, what better way to issue an apology than not just to give some generic WWE.com apology, but to get Vincent Kennedy McMahon himself to come online and do a video basically apologizing to everyone and assuring them that honestly, genuinely, one day you will have the WWE Network. I mean, nobody got anything for free or anything. That was it. Just an apology from Vince, which, yeah, I don't know. Did it make up for it? Who knows? 